This is Portland Conversations, and I am Jason Allen. Today we focus on Metro as the conversation continues with the upcoming Portland elections. Today we are here with Cameron Witten. He is running for position number five of the Metro Council. And Cameron, first off, right out of the gate, boo, I got to ask you, what the heck is Metro? Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, my name is Cameron Witten. I'm a community activist, small business owner, nonprofit executive, and I'm running for Metro Council. And as you posed is a great question. We've been out here talking to thousands of voters and what often comes up is the question, what exactly is Metro? And so uh, for folks who don't know what Metro is, it is our unique regional government. There is no other regional government in this entire country that is directly elected by the people. And so that means that voters in Washington County, Clackamas County, Portland, Multnomah County, they all vote for a regional body that oversees issues of regional concern. That includes our solid waste system, maintaining our urban growth boundary. It includes our visitor centers like the zoo, the echo center, the convention center. And it also includes land use and transportation uh, planning. And so uh, it's a very interesting organization with a lot of different responsibilities, but it helps for us as a region to plan for livability and prosperity working together. And so Metro is a, a great convener, it's a great funder, and it's a, a great planner. And I'm running to help bring a new vision to Metro Council. I'd love to hear that. Um, one thing I love about the bio and reading and, and doing, you know, doing my homework on Cameron Witten is uh, I, I love, the, just I fall in love with the term community-based because to me it, it, it speaks volumes about inclusivity it speaks volumes about um a shared vision right just not just a a legislators that we're going to do this we're going to ram it down your throats and this is the way things are going to be but it, it's really a bottom-up sort of philosophy mm-hmm. and, and as, if anything's been proving like with today top down sometimes well most of the time isn't working that great, you know? And uh, so I really want to talk about your vision because I think the vision and, and uh, especially as a community activist and is so important uh, for what you bring to bear on, you know, on Metro. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your outlook and what you want to bring to Metro and, and really what you want to see done. Thank you. So, I have a unique vision, and that's the reason why I'm running for Metro. I bring a unique combination of lived experience, executive leadership, and policy vision that Metro has never seen before and could benefit a lot from. 
at one point I was an 18 year old homeless youth on the streets of Portland mm. for two months. I spent every single night worrying whether I would be turned away from a shelter bed and have nowhere to go. Living at the margins with real daily struggles gave me a unique perspective into the deep inequities of our society. But I also saw the best of Portland. And it was thanks to the generous help of local nonprofits and the people behind them that I wasn't turned away from shelter. And because of my experiences, being able to work myself out of youth homelessness, thanks to the help from this community, I know a better future is possible. I got into this race to help give back to the same community that was there for me when I needed it the most. And as we have entered into this time of crisis, I know both because of the crises I've experienced in my you know, personal life, but also the crises that I've experienced uh, being the executive director of nonprofits going through transition. I want to bring that experience so that we emerge from this crisis more resilient and stronger than ever. We can do that if we channel our courage, our resilience, and our hope. And I want to bring that, that vision. Uh, we know that government does not reflect the true realities and the lived experience of the people who it's supposed to serve. We have so many frustrated voters who do not feel like their interests are being represented. I know that as somebody who has that lived experience as a renter, as someone who's $10,000 of dollars in student debt, somebody who's experienced discrimination on public transportation, I'm bringing a lens that is gonna ensure that more people who traditionally are not represented in government have that voice. Excellent. Uh, talking about people who aren't really represented, uh, I, I cast my mind ahead to you know Generation Z and the younger coming of age voters and trying to get them engaged in the process because there's so much out there that just turns people off about you know not only at the national level but even you know the gears and the grinds of the of the you know municipal and regional level. How uh, through your you know unique background and um, your vision, how how do we engage the younger voters? And in something when you hear you know I'm going to do air quotes here, Metro, you know, yeah. how do we engage them in into becoming more of the process and and yeah. giving more of a voice? Thank you. That's an excellent question. I remember when I first ran for office, I was 20 years old, and I was told, well. Thanks for showing up, but we don't need you here. And as I've continued a, a decade of leadership in this community, I continue to see the way that our systems disenfranchise and overlook our young people. The climate crisis is a great example. We have a shrinking window to really address climate change. And those who will be most impacted by the effects of climate change have the least voice. And so we really need to see real systemic changes happen now. Um, I was an intern for our local youth empowerment nonprofit, Bus Project, now named Next Up. I'm honored to have their endorsement. And I do have a fiery passion to ensure that we invest in real civic engagement for those folks whose voices are currently not at the table. It reminds me of when I was 22 years old and I was asked to join my first government advisory committee for TriMet, our transportation system. And 
the only reason why I was invited to the table was because I was asked by their director of diversity, who was a black man, because he, unlike many of our government leaders, had similar life experiences as me. He knew that my perspective needed to be at the table. And so since then, uh, I have transformed into a leader who understands what it's like to really evaluate in our systems and in our processes, who's left out and how do you fight strongly for them? And so uh, Metro really needs to ensure that we're putting our money where our mouth is. Government is supposed to be responsive to the needs of the community. Our outreach needs to be robust and we need to invest and capacity building for our leaders and organizations who are helping to mobilize our most directly impacted communities. And so if I am on Metro Council, I will make sure that we have the resources available to really start creating more equitable approaches to community empowerment. Great. Talking about um, like the Green New Deal and climate change, uh, how can Metro uh, affect regionally uh, those issues. Thank you. So we, as I said earlier, climate change is our biggest challenge and our timeline to address it is shrinking. We have seen a failure of action on the federal level. That doesn't mean that we can give up. We also need to double down on our leadership locally and really send a beacon to the rest of this world. What true, urgent, and effective leadership on climate looks like. I want to see Metro as a part of that leadership. Metro has two main areas around climate that it can address. That's our transportation system, and that is also our solid waste system. These are two crucially big issues with our population continuing to grow. Um, we have a huge one of opportunity uh, because of the coronavirus. We are seeing that our skies are clearer, our environment is cleaner, than it has been in a very long time. We can't go back to what was, we can't. And so how do we fight for that new vision, knowing that we can work you know, differently as a society, whether that's remote work, whether that's investing in a world-class transportation system, uh, complete neighborhoods, we need to act urgently, more urgently than we have before. With our solid waste system, we need to ensure that we are actually going carbon neutral. We currently, our landfills are not working. Our recycling rates aren't working. This is devastating to the climate. And so the first thing for the environment Metro needs to do is to uh, do congestion pricing. And congestion pricing will actually allow us to address the issue of unending, increasing car use for single use vehicles that is adding significantly 40% of our you know, pollution in this region coming from, you know, individual car use. And then uh, we need to be funding the transportation system of the future. So we need youth pass, free transit for youth throughout our region. We need to fund real equitable service, uh, bus service, light rail service uh, throughout our region. And we need to have complete sidewalks to ensure that our kids can go to school safely. And then for the uh, for the solid waste system. We have a huge issue with the amount of products that are being made that end up in landfills, that end up in our oceans. And the issue is, is that corporations who know that their products are not currently made in a way that they're easy to recycle and reuse are getting off scotch-free and we are bearing the, the brunt of that. 
And so we need to have real producer responsibility. I have proposed an environmental levy so that people who, uh, corporations that are producing these products are actually paying for the costs that are being borne by the public. And so those are two of my big ideas. You can go to my website. Uh, we have a full policy platform called Our Green Future. You can read more about how we want to address climate change urgently. I tell you, hearing actual solutions to problems is uh, is a very novel experience for me. <laughs> I tell you, um, when we're talking about um, one of my pet things mm-hmm. is uh, affordable housing. Yes. Um, in Portland, with with just the rent boom yeah. uh, in the metro area, uh, give me some hope. <laughs> I guess. Uh, tell me what 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 we can do and what Metro can do to combat just the skyrocketing prices. And for yeah. those who feel like they're just falling in the cracks uh, yeah. with with all of this. Thank you. That's a great question. There's a lot of opportunity for Metro to ensure that we have regional action on the affordable housing crisis. And that is something that Metro has acted too slow on. And as somebody with lived experience of homelessness, I know that there are so many lives that are depending on it. Metro is really well known for having plans. We see that with our transportation system. We need to have a affordable housing plan for our entire region. And we need affordability for all levels of income. And when we do that plan, we're gonna really see how short we are of affordable units. We're short 80,000 affordable units. Mm. Um, Fortunately, the state has passed legislation around rent stabilization. That's for people who currently have housing. We need to ensure that for the the thousands of people who are sleeping on the streets in Portland and for the number of families in shelters and are um, sleeping on couches, that there is housing built for their needs. And so um, last year, the legislature passed new legislation uh, completely eradicating a very discriminatory policy of uh, single family residential zoning. And it also required for cities of a certain size, so pretty much every city in our metro region, to have uh, a, a plan for affordable housing. Metro needs to ensure that the 25 jurisdictions in our region are held accountable to those plans uh, because there's no excuse for the huge amount of unaffordability. Our vacancy rates are so low. Um, there are few options for renters and homeowners to actually uh, house themselves here. And so um, let's continue to push for really strong community benefit agreements for any projects that uh, public dollars are going to so that we are ensuring affordability and local hiring. And then let's also ensure that we we act stronger and more swiftly on building the units that we need for affordable housing in the region. Uh, you know, I, I get the feeling that the, the, the solution to this is all going to have to come at really the grassroots level. I mean, I've seen no um, leadership at all or even vision at all at the national level. So, I, I mean, I'm getting the idea that it really just comes down to the you know, municipal and just uh, county, city you know, level. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when, I, when I think of Metro, the one word that comes into my mind is infrastructure. Because, you know, uh, public waste, uh, public transportation. Uh, there's one question I like to ask you, and I like, I like to label it as the one big thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, that when when you your first council meeting when you're sitting down here and you guys are ready to go what is the what is the one thing i mean i i know it's hard to just break it down to just yeah. one but the one thing that, that that's in your you know in, in your heart and soul that say that this is the one thing that i'm going to stand for uh during the session yeah it's going to be uh how do we recover as a society uh I got into this race because of several crises impacting this community. And as the pandemic has shown that there are not just cracks in our system, there are chasms Mm. in our system. Uh, We are all seeing every day uh, the changes in our society, uh, losing a lot, but also seeing windows of opportunity. Uh, This is the perfect time for us to acknowledge how much the system as it was was failing. The number of people who have worked every single day of their life now have lost their jobs and livelihoods, have no savings, have no guarantee that they'll be able to stay in the homes that they worked so hard to live in. That is unacceptable. And that is not the way that this country or this region has always been. We can do better. Metro is uniquely impacted by the pandemic. 40% of our workforce was laid off. These are our lowest wage workers and many of uh, over-representation of people of color with our lowest wage workers at Metro. So we need to ensure that we we recover from this and that this never happens again. And so Metro has a really big role to be a convener with our local elected officials, with our industries, with our health system, with community members, that we actually have a a vibrant plan for recovery and for resilience in the face of the next pandemic. I'm gonna be constantly advocating for direct support to communities. That's why I've been an advocate for universal basic income. That's why I've been advocating for uh, emergency stimuluses, whether that's increasing our unemployment or direct cash benefits to small businesses. I don't want to see us create these bureaucratic programs that typically will go to benefit those with most access, most wealth, and most power. I want us to build economic resiliency programs that are going directly to our most impacted people. And so um, that's going to be my focus on day one, that we do have a strong voice around the recovery and around preparation and that we do it in a way that puts the people first. Do you think that the problems that we're running into now as, you know, we uh, faced pandemic and we're trying to come to grips with it and, and get towards building. Um, do you think it, 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 that's the key is the communication that everything has kind of been left up to its own autonomous sort of uh, cities and other things doing their own things. And there's really no communications because it, it, so much is so these days so interrelated and with some with a uh, body like metro which is regional right mm-hmm. uh do, do you feel that it's it's more uh it's it's better communication and just a vision well i think it makes sense for there to be shared practices and you know um shared values that is where metro has uh such an important role we know regionalism is important and we know that it works. If a homeless family is in Hillsborough, they're not looking at, oh, what's the boundary of where I can get services? They're gonna go wherever they need to find services. And so we know that the challenges that we face are becoming increasingly regional, not just to one city or county. And so to answer your question, 
Um, you know, we all have unique experiences, which is why we have our cities and it's important for the cities to have a level of autonomy, but when necessary, yes, we need shared communication, shared messaging, and also work together collaboratively on our shared values. Excellent. Um, I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a, uh, a kind of a curveball at you for a minute. And cause yeah. I, I, it, it occurs to me that since this is going to be on Comcast and on TV, and, uh, this is a great opportunity as you're looking into the camera. My question is this, uh, someone who's young out there and they're, they want to get engaged in the process and they're turned off by it or, you know, a myriad of reasons why, um, Kind of be their from be their minute mentor, you know. Uh, t- tell them why and how they can become engaged in the process, and that you know really can make a difference. Dang, one minute mentor. How do I drill that down? <laughs> okay, well, okay, uh, minute and a half. I'm kidding, but no. Uh, <laughs> but um, what what do we say? You know, what what do you say to those young people that? Uh, um, especially in the light of, of, of your, your, your unique background, uh, how, how to get involved. Thank you for that. I would start in saying that you're worth it. Your life is worth fighting for. This world has denied too many of us the basic access to dignity and respect. And because you are worth it, I'm here advocating for you, but we will only make this work when you believe in yourself enough that you're advocating for yourself. Um, I've had to learn that thanks to the people who have seen me and invested in me that I can stand where I am today and know that I'm giving back to the community that was there for me. So I know that one person can make a difference. And as soon as you believe that and we work together, it's gonna be hard for anyone to stop us. And so I'm calling on young people. I am 29 years old and here I am running for uh, an office um, where there are people over twice my age and I have them sweating. And so uh, we are all ready for a new political future. And it's time for those who are directly impacted to stop being told that it's not their turn. We need to stop listening to that false narrative. We know that government is supposed to be representative. And that means that those who have the unheard voices need to start stepping up and making a difference. Let's start today. Well, you know, with Metro is we're talking infrastructure. Uh, There are a lot of... a lot of things about Metro that isn't so, you know, glamorous, you know, you know, when we talk about, you know, waste disposal and things, what is, uh, what is something the Metro does that, that people really take either take for granted or don't know much about that is just vital to the community? That's a really good question. Um, yes. So, my answer to that question of what do folks take for granted when it comes to Metro, it's going to be a little uh, more, uh, uh, um, it's not going to be a specific department, but it's going to be looking overall at the value and the treasure that Metro is because we are here all the time from community members who don't know that Metro exists and don't understand the way that Metro ensures livability for our entire region. And Metro truly shows better than many of our other governments the degree to which we can collaborate 
and make things happen on a regional level. I look at it with transportation, where you see uh, officials from different departments across the region, from different cities across the region. Um, see ODOT, our state department, uh, the ability for these stakeholders from uh, we see industry, like the ability for so many different diverse stakeholders to come together and to help define solutions is important. And we need to have more community voices in that process as well. And so I think that's what community members could really learn about and embrace more is the way that Metro is a collaborative body. Um, I think if we did that more in other layers of government, our cities, our state, we would see more broader more sustainable and more lasting impacts for the community. Cameron, there are so many people running for different positions, uh, not only Metro, but, you know, Portland City Council, uh, Multnomah commissioners, what have you, mayor. Uh, what makes Cameron Witten different as far as the other people running for these Metro positions? Thank you. That's a great question. I'm probably speaking for many people that there is a frustration with where we are at with our national politics. We have uh, leadership that does not represent the uh, viewpoints of the majority, and we are in a time of great division and hatred. So, of course, we're going to see locally the number of people who are rising up to show that we are different. We are not what this country is represented to be. And so I'm honored to be in a, a crowded field. It's not often that you see five talented people running for Metro, uh, but here we are. And I'm running again because of the unique combination that I have of lived experience, executive leadership, and policy vision. I'm grateful to have the endorsement of over 150 community leaders and organizations, and it speaks to my vision for Metro. We know that these challenges are serious, and we know that the needs of our community are more diverse than ever. And that's why I want to bring my track record of working with broad, diverse, and inclusive coalitions so we are building solutions that benefit all Portlanders. It's not going to be easy, but what voters can count on is that I am a fighter and I'm always, always going to push us as hard as we can to take care of our most vulnerable. Uh, that's the reason why I'm in the race, and I think I'm uniquely qualified to bring that vision to Metro. Excellent. Cameron, uh, for those who want to get involved, for those who uh, want to know more about you, for those who want to donate or, or whatever, uh, can you give us your give us your info, your contact info? Where can they go to, to like your website and give everything out? Wonderful. Please. We would love the support. We are a grassroots movement. Uh, every single person who can help us call phones that can share our information on social media gives us one step closer to the finish line. And so please visit our website, which is my last name, Witten, W-H-I-T-T-E-N, for F-O-R, Oregon.com. You can also see it here on this lawn sign. So there is my website. Uh, please, uh, ballots are due in 14 days. We can use all the help we can get. Thank you.
Oh, I, lo I love the visual aids in the background. That's awesome. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, it has been great to talk to you. Uh, it's been great to really delve into the issues about, you know, a regional entity that I think a lot of people don't know enough of. And it's been, it's been great getting not only clarity, but a good vision. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, do me a favor and stay safe. You too. You got it. Thank you so much, Cameron. Have a good night.